Somebody told me once that you kind of have to have no plan B. You have to be like, this is going to work. And that's kind of how I thought about it. I was just like, it took me a long time. I've been doing this, like trying for a few years to get in and I finally did. It's a really tough industry to get into, but there are people who want to help you if they see that drive and they see that you're really drawing all the time and you're really committing yourself to it. Just fully committing. I think that's it. Like you just got to send it. Welcome back to the Flesh and Blood podcast. My name is Michael Lynn. I'll be joined shortly by Andrew Lockman, co-founder of Hyper Tattoo. And today's guest, you just heard her, she's a tattooer out of Massachusetts. She's working at Lucky's. She shares a bit about her background, her heritage, some of the challenges she faced on the road to becoming an amazing tattoo artist. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoy this episode. Rosalind, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? Really good. I'm very Fantastic. happy today. It's a great day. That's, that's a good thing. Hey, Andrew, yeah. how are you doing? I'm well. Good to see you again, Mike. Great yeah, to see you, Rosalind. We had dinner just a week and a half ago or so in yeah. Los Angeles when you were in town. It, it was, was so good. Yes. I actually went back to that uh, Parks Barbecue Korean restaurant. I went back there a week later because it was so good. So. It's amazing. I've yeah. been thinking about it since. Totally. It was so good. Next time you're in town, we'll go again. Yeah, definitely. Well, for the audience, Rosalind, maybe introduce yourself. Where are you from? I'm, well, currently I live in Northampton, Massachusetts, like Western Mass. I've only been here for like four months though, but kind of from all over. But most recently I was living in Boston for like four years. Okay. How long have you been tattooing? It's always so hard to say. I never know how to answer that because I started doing it underground and it was like a hobby for a long time. But I think like more seriously since like 2018, 2019. Okay. What got got you into tattooing? My grandmother, well, great-grandmother. She didn't like get me into it. It just when I when I met her and she had all these face tattoos and just really beautiful like tribal tattoos on her. It just kind of like sparked an interest. And then like I was twelve when I met her. I remember I would use Sharpie and draw on my arms and stuff and mm. pretend that I had tattoos, even though like I was living in Algeria and it was totally not. Nobody had tattoos. It's not a thing there anymore. But I minute. just thought they were so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So wait a minute. You were living in Algiers, Algeria. Yeah, I was living uh, like 30 minutes out of Algiers in a pretty crowded little town. <laughs> yeah. But were you yeah. born there? No, I was born in London. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well traveled. <laughs> yeah. My parents moved around a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, were, yeah. Was it military or what? How did, why were they? No, my dad just, uh, I think he's just a traveler. I think that's just, he likes to move. Yeah. Yeah. He's always moved a lot. Like my childhood, we moved like almost every year. Wow. Was that yeah. difficult for you as a kid? I didn't think so. Like, I thought it was normal. I thought everybody... I actually remember in like fifth grade talking to someone at recess and they were like, said that they have lived in the same house their whole life. And I was like, that's weird. And they were like, no, it's not. And I was like, oh. (laughs) I thought everybody did that. So I lived in Wisconsin until I was seven and then Chicago and then Mass. And we lived in Mass until I was 12 with a brief stint in New Hampshire for some reason. And, uh, Yeah, when I was 12, my dad kind of decided it was a good idea for me to go live with my grandmother and my aunts and like get to know the culture. I always had a really deep interest in my culture. I don't know. I just always felt like I couldn't really express it here. And I guess he just thought it would be a good idea. So I ended up moving there. Just me, my brother and my father stayed here. My mom too, but parents were separated, whatever. So I moved there when I was 12. I stayed for four and a half years. When I was like 16 and a half, I came back. And yeah. That's pretty much and, it. And so what got you into to tattooing? You mentioned it was part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, 
yeah, I don't remember knowing that tattooing was a job you could have. I honestly don't remember any exposure to tattooing pre that. Like I pro- like I've seen people with tattoos, but I did it never registered in my brain. And yeah, it just got me. I never, so I never thought there, like I didn't have any ambition for a job. Like I was like 12 to 16. I didn't really think about what I was doing. I was kind of just like, oh, tattoos are so cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't get any of the ones that I was Sharpie on myself because they were pretty cringy. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, basically I just uh, had that interest the whole time. And then when I moved back here, I knew some punks who were like, hey, you can draw. They came over to my house one day and I was like, 16 or 17. And they were like, you can draw. We have needles and ink and no gloves. You should tattoo us. <laughs> and somehow my mom was okay with it. <laughs> I love it. She supported yeah. you. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, she didn't like tattoos at the time. Now she's like really come around and she's very proud and like understands it. But it's not just for like criminals and racist <laughs> sailors. But <laughs> well, So wait a minute. Yeah. Tell me about that first tattoo. Do you remember it? Yeah. I actually, I have, I, I had a trial run on myself. So this is actually this little tiny one right here uh-huh. is the first one I ever did. So that looks um, like, so for the audience listening, if you're not, if you're not watching this video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so describe that tattoo. It's the alchemy symbols for the elements. If you look it up, they're just triangles and they go in different directions and two of them have lines through them. But yeah, I put that on myself uh, as a trial run so I could tattoo this other kid. And they were like, wow, that looks great. So then (laughs) for some reason, he decided to let me draw with a ballpoint pen. So it didn't really come through, but I drew a cat skull on his thigh really bad. Instead of having like however many, I think like four teeth cats have like between their two like big ones, it had like eight teeth. It's really bad. He still has it. He's also a tattoo artist now. And he hasn't covered it up, but it's really, really bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing that, well, number one, that you still know him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. And when you showed me that tattoo, I mean, first of all, it was in an awkward position and it was pretty good. Like it's straight. Thank you. It was a poke. Yeah. I really don't know. I don't know like why. I remember that the guy that I was dating at the time, I was like 16 or 17. He was trying to do it for me. And I remember he was going like really like they didn't want to hurt me. And I was like, give me that. (laughs) And I just started really like poking it in. And it just didn't hurt. I don't know. It was weird. I think I already had one, maybe. I don't remember. I was going to ask you, let's talk more for a second about your culture and how you came to sort of embrace it. Yeah. So, well, Amnesia first off means free people. And it's more of a newly adopted term. And it comes from the indigenous language, Temazia. It's because Berber is was like a term given to us. And it means barbarian. So it's not commonly used as much anymore. There are still people who say it and don't really care. But I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I always had an interest in my culture. Like since I was really little, I was always very interested in it. And I was really proud of it. And then when I moved there... When I moved there, I was like also really into it. But then when I came back, it became kind of like a, it became kind of a, I don't know, like it was something that I was sort of ashamed of for a long time, Hmm. which is just like, I realized with age was just like this colonial mindset of indigenous people feeling ashamed because they're indigenous and not the colonizers. (laughs) Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I got over that after a few years as a teenager. 
And now I'm, I feel like proud, more proud than ever of my culture. And yeah, I'm kind of just constantly learning about it. I mean, even right before this podcast, I was just reading things about it and symbols. And I don't know, my culture is just so strong and so beautiful. I just love it a lot. And do those symbols make their way into your tattoos? Yeah, sometimes the symbols are in there. I only use small ones that I feel like can that come from other cultures as well. And I kind of use them in a more, I don't know, in a different kind of way. I try not to do them like, for example, when people would get tattoos on their face, they specifically would place them in places where there's openings. So that's why there would be like a line down the mouth or like two under your eye or between your eyes. It's protect from evil getting in basically. So for me, when I place it, usually I won't put it in spots that are traditional spots, like if they're not a part of the culture, but I have done like hand tattoos that use a small symbol from it that are just protection symbols or something. Do you ever have people that are not from your culture requesting symbols that that are part of your culture? Not really. I feel like most of my most of my followers are just I don't know, very enlightened and yeah. <laughs> smart and don't and just realize like, hey, this doesn't really mean much to me. So why would mm. I get it? Yeah. Yeah. So for the listeners, I'm I'm going to try and describe your art. It's black work, mostly, and it's fine line, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I only do, I really only do black. Occasionally mm-hmm. I use gray, but... Yeah. yeah very fine and the, line. And the style is, is interesting. How do you describe your style? I think it's illustrative, mm-hmm. I guess. Because, yeah, my whole life I'd always drawn. Like, as long as I can remember, it's the only thing I ever wanted to do. And... I always, it always sounds so silly when I say it, but I'm, I'm, I've never been able to doodle. <laughs> I don't have the kind of brain where I can just put my pen on my paper and not know where I'm going with it. Like I have to know my whole plan and my end goal of what I want. So I feel like my style has a lot more structure to it than kind of more usually what people think of illustrative is. I've always been into realism, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something I'm trying to break away from a little bit, but yeah. I don't know. I like I like things to look realistic. <laughs> and where do you go for inspiration? Oh gosh, a lot of places. I mean, a lot of books. I, I different shops that I go to and stuff. Everybody always has so many great books of very specific references. So yeah, I'm always reading books and taking pictures. Or uh, I mean, Pinterest is always a good one, just because like I know that sounds like so bad because everyone thinks of Pinterest tattoos as like like the anchor, or, like the birds flying the silhouettes or something like that but there's a lot of good art on pinterest i find a lot of like baroque and renaissance things that i like i specifically really like hands in baroque art and i i draw a lot of hands so yeah i just love i love the way that they um they're very realistic but if you actually look at the anatomy of the hands it's completely unrealistic Mm. which is just so cool to me yeah i was gonna kind of ask you about that like how much anatomy have you studied I've done my own. I actually, so I didn't actually get to graduate high school. So, which wasn't my fault, but it happened. (laughs) So I wasn't, I wasn't able to get the education that I wanted for it. Like I wanted to go to art school and I wanted to learn about all these things, but I really didn't get to. So really I would just go to the library when I was like 18, 19, 20. Like I would just go to the library and just sit and flip through anatomy books. I also had like a big interest in makeup for a while, like uh, special effects makeup. And I, I actually found a picture yesterday where I I painted my face and my neck showing muscle and um, like bone and fiber and stuff. And 
I've just always been really interested in it. I think anatomy is so cool. You know, another thing I noticed, Rosalyn, that you do a great job of is that you promote other artists on Instagram. And not not every artist does that, you know. Uh, and, and so yeah. when I follow you and I see, you know, you post a lot of stories, some of it is other people that I can kind of see what's inspiring you in that moment. I wanted to ask you a little bit about Instagram as well, because it's kind of, uh, you know, intertwined with your career in a way or any artist's career, which is, I've noticed also your following kind of exploded over the past like six months. And, you know, I'm just curious, what's your relationship like with social media, I guess, as a individual and a, you know, a business operator, if you will. And, and what do you think uh, is to, I mean, other than your awesome work, what do you attribute to the explosion in your following? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea why that happened. Because I always think, I, so, I overthink everything that I post and share, except for other people's work, which is crazy. That's a big part of why I share so many people's things, I think, is because I'm just like, I'd rather share what I like and I know it's good rather than like when you, every artist is very critical of themselves. So it's easier for me to post other people's work. And also I just, other people are incredible. It's insane how many different things people can come up with that I could never think of. But, but so, some people are looking at you the same way, right? Some young so. artists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. I get messages like that and it always just kind of blows my mind that people are like, you inspire me in this way. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's pretty insane. I never thought anybody was really going to care that much for my art. I never thought about it, really. I wasn't thinking like, I want people like I just always made art. And this is just an added bonus, which is cool. But so, uh, yeah. So speaking of making art, I mean, tattoo is is one medium. Skin is one medium. Do mm-hmm. you Do you apply your art to other mediums? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of things. I've been really into just trying anything. Recently, I did a picture where I used plaster on canvas and like molded that. I built a bench recently, which was cool for my kitchen. And I painted it all funky, which was really fun. Hmm. A lot of fiber art too, like using yarn. Even though I can't knit, I'll use it in other ways. Kind of like weaving. I've been trying to try everything pretty much. Yeah. But your core is tattooing right now. And you've switched from, tell us about uh, poking versus moving to the machine, which I think you did about three or six months ago, right? What was that transition like? Or is it not a transition? You're you're doing a little bit of both still. No, I fully transitioned to machine, I think in June last year. So it's been, it's going to be a year in a couple months. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't know. I really love poke and I, I still do it sometimes here and there. Not really though. I don't know. The transition was basically that I felt like after a while, the only reason I was poking still was like ego. Cause I really loved when people would be like, Oh my God, that's poked. It looks machine done. And that was the only like thing that it was doing for me. I wasn't really growing as a tattooer anymore. Mm. I guess I was, but not in the way that I could have been. I was just kind of like mentally blocking myself from growing. So yeah, I made the switch and also it's just been easier on my body. And poking. Right. Yeah. Hey, so for folks listening that are curious, what is your Instagram? Rosalyn underscore tattoos. Very simple. R O S L Y N underscore tattoos. So yep. check that out. You got a great gallery. Some really amazing Thank you. stuff going on there. Yeah. And you're starting yeah. in a new studio, what is it, a week from today, right? Can you want to tell us about the, yeah. that, that transition and where that is? Yeah, I'm starting at Lucky's Tattoo. They actually have three locations in Mass. And I think that they have one in Florida, I heard. Not positive, but they're great. They're a really reputable, awesome shop. It's really beautiful, which I'm really excited about. It's got 
the kind of energy that I want in a shop at the moment. Lots of plants and beautiful art. It's not like, I mean, I love I love traditional American traditional, but it's not like a traditional shop. And yeah, they do piercings too, which is cool. Yeah, it's just a, it's a really cool shop. The job got offered to me a few months ago. It just took a while to get me in, but I'm starting starting there on Monday next week. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on the new gig. Thank and you. For folks listening, uh, you can check the show notes. We're going to have a link to luckystattoo.org, which is the uh, the website for Lucky's. We'll wish you good luck there. Thank is there you. anything else you want to tell the audience? Anything else you want to mention? Hmm. <laughs> How about a young person who might uh, might want to get into tattooing? What kind of advice would you give your younger self or, or, or someone else that might want to get into it when they, when they grow up? Gosh, I always say it and I feel like it sounds so... I don't know. It sounds like unrealistic, but kind of having like having the mindset that this has to work (laughs) being like, this is, I don't know, like not somebody told me once that you kind of have to have no plan B. You have to be like, this is going to work. And that's kind of how I thought about it. I was just like, it took me a long time. I've been doing this, like trying for a few years to get in and I finally did. It's a really tough industry to get into, but there are people who want to help you if they see that drive in you and they see that you're really drawing all the time and you're really committing yourself to it. Yeah, just fully committing. I think that's it. Like, you just got to send it. That's great advice. Thanks so much, Rosalind, for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Rosalind, you can find her on Instagram at Rosalind underscore tattoos. You can also see her work at luckies.org. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>